Welcome back to the Offside Report, brought to you by EPL Live. What a week it was for the attackers. 36 goals were scored across the weekend's action. And to be more precise, 36 goals were scored across eight games, uh, with two of those fixtures being nil all stalemate, stalemates. But despite the two scoreless games, it was still the highest scoring match week of the season so far, reflected by some of the sheer amount of calls conjured up by some of the attackers. And speaking of halls, it was the Hall King, Erling Haaland, leading the way with a hat-trick, as was Foden and Leandro Trossard. Braces were scored by Firmino, Martial, Almiron and Madison, which will sure to make our Player of the Week votes this week very interesting. And as always, to help me dissect all of the action and preview what's to come is Mitch Ball. And returning from England... The king himself, Al Jensen. Boys, welcome. Al, we'll start with you. Firstly, how was the trip to England? And uh, did you get to catch any of the action while you were over there? Hi, guys. Thanks, Nick. Um, yeah, it's good to be back, actually. I had a good time in England. It was uh, a bit of a memorable memorable time with, obviously, the Queen passing. So uh, it was yes. a bit of history in the making there. Um, I managed to, to, I didn't get to, unfortunately, this is, what what a fan am I, right? I didn't manage to get to a game this, this, uh, this time around, but, um, I did, I did watch the, the Leicester game. There's pretty, there weren't many games going, going on, as you know. Mm. Um, it, it, but... It's funny because last time you went to England and you came, around the time you came home, I think COVID, uh, hit England again at that time. Um, which messed up the Premier League for a bit, if my memory serves me well. And now this time you go back to England again and the Queen passes away. You're, you must be a bad luck charm, I reckon. I must, it must be as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're right, Omicron. <laughs> yeah, Omicron, that was out. it. That variant came out when I last went over. Um, <laughs> this time the Queen passes away. Yep, yep. Um, all right. I don't think they'll want and you back over there anytime soon. Well, Tottenham lose their first game as well this season against yeah. Sporting Lisbon. Unbelievable. And obviously, I mean, you lost. Tottenham lost the derby. We'll, we'll get stuck into that uh, soon. Um, that'll be one of our first topics to talk about. But before we do, Mitch, how are you? How was your week? Well, I'm well. In the end, when you lose to a robot, you can't complain. So I've, I've got no issues. We all saw it coming. We all predicted it. So I'm good because... You know, it's like it's like when you tip against your own team. If you win, if your team wins, brilliant, you're happy. If your team, you know, loses, well, you tipped it, so you're still okay. You know. Oh, yes, well, mate, I understand where you're coming from. Fan as well. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry Nick. No, I think I think that's a good point. Um, you are a bit of a closet city supporter, Mitch. But I, I, I certainly didn't predict a hat trick because I didn't even make Harlan my captain in fantasy and. Again, we'll talk about that a little later on, but blimey. Five score involvements, five goal involvements for Erling Haaland. He's just a freak of nature. Um, yeah, again, we'll talk about that game shortly, but let's let's start off with the North London derby. Al, obviously your Spurs uh, suffered a bit of a setback in their um, in their start to the season. They're, they're, I mean, probably the most disappointing game your boys have played this season. How, how did you find the game? And obviously that Emerson Royale red card was the biggest uh, talking point and turning point of the match. Was it a red? 
Um, first of all, before we get into that challenge, yeah, the game was, I thought it was, look, when I thought, uh, I looked at the, the team sheet, that formation. Mm-hmm. I mean, Conte was talking about playing 3-5-2 um, the week before, or a couple of weeks before, because obviously they had the international break. Played against Leicester. Leicester were, it was 2 all, And in the middle of the park, they, you know, Conte loves to play that 3-4-3. Mm. Um, on the obviously play on the counter attack, that middle of the park is a little bit, you know, all over the shop. There's not much much protection there at all. Um, Madison just ran the show in that game until he changed it and he brought Basuma on. Um, stuck, you know, three in that centre in, in the middle in the middle mm. there, and then you know scored four goals after that. Sonny scored a hat trick. Uh, but we're yeah. talking about the Arsenal game. I, I was hoping we wouldn't go talking about it too much but um i thought they they played all right they had a few chances in the first half obviously stunning goal from party yeah um and then harry kane getting that that penalty yeah they had a few chances i thought it could have gone either way really um but then you know that clangor from loris and also probably pretty bad defending from romero as well um these things happen yeah it was a clangor, but you would have thought we could potentially get back into this game. But lo mm. and behold, a, bit of, a moment of madness. And was it a red card from Emerson Royal? Well, I mean, it, it was late and studs up for sure. I mean, Martinelli's going nowhere as well, but it's, it's basically more, more clumsy than malicious, I thought. Mm. Um, but the, basically that talking point really should be the standard of refereeing. Those, the inconsistency of the refereeing and, and, and VAR. Because yeah. um, if you compare one of the... We, we looked at the other day, right? Virgil van Dijk's challenge in the Merseyside derby the other day. Studs up, nowhere near the ball, only a yellow, right? Yeah. I mean, both, I think, but potentially both could have just been yellow, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, or it could be red. There's no There's got to be some consistency there, and, and that's where it's just. I mean, that red card killed the game. From then on, yeah. You know, they they got that goal three one. Zaka scored. He had so much space. They had so much space in midfield. He. I mean, someone quoted that he looked like Gooty. You know? Yeah. And he mm. shouldn't have that space. He's not that great. Greater player, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, but you know, that's what happened. I have to agree with you. The the consistency around the um, the challenges and, and the refereeing and the VAR that's probably um, the you know the heart of the fr- frustration for fans. Um, again, I, I wouldn't be against Royale or Van Dyke getting sent off as long as it's just you know the same across all games. Um, we could probably pick out a hundred examples of. Um, similar challenges that didn't result in a red. So whether they make it a yellow or red card, whatever it is, just, yeah, keep it keep it the same. But you mentioned Loris. Since the start of the 2017-18 season, he's made 11 mistakes leading to goals. And only Jordan Pickford has managed more, um, as, not just as goalkeepers, but more than any other Premier League player, um, including our field players. So... Um, and since his Premier League debut as well, Loris has made a mistake in every eight matches against big six sides uh, compared to one in every 25 against other teams. Are you wor- worried about his form when it comes to these uh, big fixtures? To be honest with you, no. 
I think he's an excellent keeper. I mean, you're always going to be scrutinised at that top level. David De Gea gets scrutinised, and he's Man United's best player, has been for the last five years, right? He mm. makes mistakes as well. But he also saves certain goal goal goals from you know from happening. I think yeah, you're gonna get scrutinized those errors. If you actually look at it, he's, I mean Loris has been there ten seasons. This is the tenth season now. Mm. Um in nine and a bit seasons. His overall um overall save percentage is actually over seven almost seventy five percent, which is is up there. He's up yep. there as one of the top top keepers in the world. He yep. you know you talk about being in you know playing against the top six sides and whatever and stuff like that. But he's a World Cup winner too. Mm. He's got that experience. I think he's a class class act. And I'm yeah. happy that he's he's in the sticks with Tottenham still. Yeah. Mitch, what about you? You're a bit more critical when it comes to when it comes to players. Uh what what's your thoughts on Loris? Well, I think I was I was hit the you know, nail on the head so to speak. Like De Gea gets smashed every single week. Like not every single week, so this season he hasn't been. But remember, what are we, two seasons ago when we were saying we should drop him for Dean Henderson? Well, Henderson's made mistakes this year too. Mm. So, you know, they're a goalkeeper. It's not like it's a striker missing a tap-in. Ronaldo missed a tap-in, or not a tap-in, but pretty much a tap-in by his standards this morning. I've seen one thing about it, and that's it, because they won the game. If they'd lost the game, it still would have been, well, why did De Gea let a goal in? <laughs> Goalkeepers are just, they get murdered. They get crucified. And we, we speak about this you know, most weeks almost now, you can afford to lose against the teams in and around that top six. It's what happens against the bottom ones that decides where you finish, you know, in the table, on the table. So a, a loss against, you know, Arsenal, yes, it's not ideal, believe you me, but if he was doing this against those lower clubs, then yeah, it'd stand out and it'd be extremely bad. Like that's a record that he wouldn't want. No doubt about it. And if you could, if you could offer him to, you know, improve that by one or two, he'd take it in a heartbeat. But the reality is that that's not what's costing Tottenham, you know, league championships, you know, spots in Europa, in in Champions League. That's not it. It's it's what happens against the teams around them. Oh, sorry, yeah. they're below them. Yep. And you're talking about Luis. I think he won. I think there's a new new award now. It might be new. I might be wrong there. But he, I think he won the Save of the Month award back in mm. August against, you know, the, that fantastic save against uh, Mitrovic as well which would have we could have lost that game or we could have at least drawn that game and that's three points there okay yeah it's not a big top six side but you know he's he's making more more saves than than errors but you ju you're just going to look at those errors all the time that's what that's what happens who yeah. wants to be a keeper right well, that's it. Uh, and we'll, we'll get stuck into the defenders in a sec. But before we do, let's talk about Arsenal. Uh, I think they deserve a little discussion on them. Are they the real deal? They're still on top. You know, we, we've played eight games now, I think it is. Um, still on top, only one loss, uh, seven wins. Who did they, they lose to? Are they serious contenders? I knew that would get brushed over. I knew that would get brushed Oh, sorry. Over. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> hear you. <laughs> What was that? I just want to know who who did they lose to? Spurs. Oh, sorry. Who did they lose to? United. My bad. There we go. That's, better. That's oh. the answer I wanted. Um, no, I said this to you last week. If Arsenal win, everyone will just come out and say Tottenham, this is that's just a classic Tottenham loss, which I read. You know, it's just that's what Tottenham do. They drop big games. It's very Spursy. Um, whoa, 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 and if, they, they wait, wait, wait. They lose. They always lose against. Yeah, against. But, yeah, but this, but this is my point though. It's a standard loss. It's got nothing to. Arsenal won't be given any like that massive credit of 
they weren't the talking point of the weekend and when you've got City doing what they did, nor should they be when you had Brighton do what they did, nor should they be. But they're still not getting the credit. And it's not like this. these are games that last year, and Al, as you mentioned, they normally lose there. Uh, Tottenham normally lose there. But these are games that Arsenal would cop up and everyone would go, yep, cool, they're still going to finish where they are. The reality is they're beating the teams that they need to to give themselves every opportunity. I still think the reality is they won't be able to continue this going and, and City are just going to keep evolving um, at this stage. But I think for Arsenal, this is a great building block and a foundation for maybe next year or the year after because they've got such a young squad that what Arteta can build here, he can actually build a – he's building a team. He's not just building for a, a season. This isn't just a – you know, this is a career. It's not a job. This team is here to stay if you can keep them together. And that's the scary part. Uh, you know, I think as far as I'm concerned, obviously they want to win now. But I think Arteta in his head goes, I've sold this to the board, to the football directors as a five-year plan. And if this is year two and this is what they're already doing, years three and four and five are going to be fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think they're the, I actually think they're the real deal after this. I don't think they win the league. I don't think they've got the squad to win, to win it. You know, you have to see if they get some of those injuries. They've got some fantastic players, but I don't think they've got that, that strength and depth. Um, they're playing very well at the moment. They're hungry, enjoying their football. Good to watch. It's me coming, you know, coming from a Spurs fan. It's quite sad to watch. Um, <laughs> and they can afford to rest those players when they play in the Europa League on Thursday night <laughs> um, against, you know, Norwegian first division sides. Uh, but, you know, all credit to them. They actually. And Arteta's doing a fantastic job. He's got, what, 21 points after eight games? Yeah. That's the most points uh, in a season in the last five years, I think. It, or since Wenger. Arsene Wenger, I think it is. So he's in this hot, he's in that, you know. And yeah, only Wenger's only done better game. with 22. And he did that, I think, two or yeah. three times in comparison. So yep. it's, it's and where that's a very different Arsenal side if we cast our mind back. So he's, he's doing incredibly well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they um. So the Gunners, you, Mitch, you mentioned they are obviously they might struggle when it comes to playing the top six sides. They've got Liverpool this week, so where do where do no, you no, top six sides? Top six sides, I think. Is that what you said? <laughs> uh, Liverpool ninth. Yeah, well, I mean, if we're going off uh, last season's ladder and the last uh, table in the last uh, five or six or seven years, then yes, Liverpool are a top six side. Believe it or not. Look at Liverpool to bring up history. Liverpool fans bring up history. Who would have thought? So you're, you're all Arsenal this weekend then? <laughs> no, I think it's a, it's a, it's an important test um, for them. And it's it's a, it's a game that if they are to be, you know, if and I, I tend to agree with Al, I think, you know, they are the real deal. Well, they've actually got a shot this weekend. And, and they've got to beat a Liverpool side, which is struggling. Mm. I, that's, and that's not me being, uh, you know, putting you down, Nick. It's just it's the honest truth. They're not the Liverpool side they, no, they should true. be. And and their Champions League result, I'm sorry, doesn't count for anything. It, it, it didn't patch over any, you know, you can't, they'll take confidence out of it. But that's not the ship being resurrected. That's, this isn't the comeback yet. They've actually got to prove it this weekend. And they've got to string together some wins because they've got, I think it's two big weeks Liverpool do not to disappear from Arsenal, but. Liverpool have two massive tests. If they go zero, if they don't take a point out of these two games, yeah, the season's definitely gone. But that top four is going to be incredibly hard to make. So yeah. it's going to be really interesting. But for Arsenal, they've got to really put in now, and you know they've got to do the job. Yeah, and if they can do it, I tell you what, City won't appreciate it. It's, yeah. it's going to put the pressure on them to continue it. 
it, it is a massive two weeks, like you mentioned, for Liverpool. Um, season on the line, really. Arsenal this weekend, City next weekend. Champions League in between both those fixtures, obviously. One of them already passed. But um, obviously, let, let's move on to their game against Brighton and... Um, I mean, you, you talk about crucifixions before. Uh, yeah, Alexander-Arnold was hanging up there on the cross after the game. He was getting absolutely slaughtered from all angles. Look, the the, the criticism was probably warranted on that game. I think it was um, the worst game I've ever seen him play. Um, obviously, he's had a lot of pressure on him since, uh, obviously, this, the start of the season hasn't gone his way. And then the, the England staff um, getting dropped by Southgate. And then he comes into this game. I, th- I think it would have either gone two ways. He would have absolutely um, blown them away and and shut up a lot of his critics like he's done in the past or gone the other way and let it get to his head. And unfortunately, it did go that way. Um, he, I think a lot of Brighton's attacks and goals came from that, um, that left-hand side. Um, they're attacking left-hand side. And... Um, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for a bit, a few Allison heroics in that first half, it probably could have been three or four from Brighton um, before half time, um, and I mean that. So it, it was good for Liverpool to come back, and yeah, obviously they led three two, conceded a, a late one again, um, three all, and I mean we're talking about this game now after their Champions League game midweek against Rangers where, like you mentioned, they, they won 2-0. I'm feeling a little bit better about Liverpool's position now after that game because they changed the formation a bit. They brought Nunes in. They looked okay. Um, and they, they've taken some confidence into that Arsenal game. But, yeah, if you were talking to me on Monday, I would have been pretty ropeable about that performance. And like you said, season on the line against Arsenal. But... Can you see Liverpool turning it around, taking um, taking any confidence into that Arsenal game, boys? I mean, look, I couldn't really prepare for this um, part of the um, podcast because I just I don't I had no idea what you what you would do. Um, so I'll let Al take the front seat. Of course, I'm directly quoting uh, good old Klopp because how how could he know what Brighton were going to do? <laughs> no, what a Premier League! You can't research what a coach has done to other clubs and possibly look at the the side he has got now and compare the pair. Or you wouldn't know that Trossard is a good footballer if you've never watched Brighton play in the Premier League before, because Brighton are new to the Prem, um, and obviously we don't know what to expect. And I wouldn't know that they were going to target the side that's been getting slaughtered either. Um, and we've had inconsistent people at uh, right centre back. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't know what to do either. So look, I'll let Al take this one. Um, and I'll just sit back and listen to what Al has, you know, done his research on and knows what to expect. Well, after all that, mate, I've forgotten what you were actually talking about. No, <laughs> um, I think, I think, yeah, it's, it's make or break for, not for the top four, I don't think. I still think Liverpool will be in the top four easily. Um, but I think, yeah, it's make or break if they lose against Arsenal. I think they will get a point. Um, yeah. I think they're still strong enough to get a point against Arsenal. They know how to play against them. Um, bit, bit of confidence, but off the back of beating Rangers, yeah, it's beating Rangers. No offense to them, but you know they're at home. Mm. They, they, they needed to get a win out. You know, win to get the the ball rolling, sort of thing. I think going back to Trent Alexander Arnold, it's not like the English press to give an England player shit before 
a major before the World Cup, a major tournament, right? I mean, it's it's crazy how how much stick they're getting in the press. I actually think he's going to be on the plane to Qatar, yeah, because Carl Walker is injured. Yeah, well, um, you'd think so. And I yeah. think he'll do a great job in for England as well. He'll come on, probably score, bang in a, a few fantastic free kicks like he did against Rangers. Yeah, he's a quality player. Needs to be on there. Yeah, but it's that's not that, but that's not the issue that we're talking about with Trent. No. Him scoring goals is, is irrelevant. It's the ones he's conceding that are the issues. Yeah, of course. And, and that's the reality. You're a defender. You, your first job is, and I know the modern footballer has changed, coach it every weekend. Yep. I'm sorry, I'm still going to drop a kid that can't defend. I, yeah, of course. I mean, but... go on now. Sorry, Nick, you go. No, no, it's all right. You go. You go. <laughs> I was just going to say, but he's been consistent throughout the season. He had a great season last year and before, you know, he, he, he was. You know, they they won that the Champions League with him. He's excellent going forward. He has that Klopp I understand Klopp knows he's a good, great player. Southgate oh. yeah, defense defensively he's not amazing, right? There's probably better players like Trippier is probably more defensively. But in a formation where he's going forward, banging those and he's got that cover in the back, that it, it I think England will work for him. I think um I think he should be on that plane and he should be playing maybe not starting. Uh, but he should definitely come on for a little, you know, for one of the games or two of the games. You know, well, coming on for a stint, I think would almost suit him better. And I, I like Liverpool don't have the luxury of doing that at the moment. And and that's not, you know, it's the way Klopp wants to play as with fullbacks that, you know, can sit up a little bit higher and, and go attacking. But the reality is, is it's being caught out now because teams have caught on to what Liverpool are doing. And yeah. if you can switch the ball quick enough, there's gaps in behind, and it's it's been shown, and that and teams are now really attacking that. And the reality is, if Arsenal can do it this weekend, it it could get nasty. It could, and, do. And, and that's the honest thing. It could. They, they get one one win, win or two two wins, and they're back in straight back in it. I mean, it's so still oh, early, early it's, games, it right? is. games in. You know, they haven't lost. How many games have you lost? One? Just just the one. Yeah. Exactly. I, I you know yes, they've lost points, but I still think they're strong enough, strong enough to come back. It's so so many games to go. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. No, no. I mean, I think both of you have summed it up pretty well. I, I, I still, I still think Alexander Arnold. He's not. I mean, he's not a great defender, like you said, Al. I also don't think he's a bad defender. Yes, he's been caught out a few times this season. Yes, he's been targeted. Yes, he's probably the weakest link in Liverpool's back four. But you still don't win major trophies with a bad defender in your team. Liverpool were also the best defensive team for a couple of seasons in a row um, going back a year or two. So I, I don't think they get where they are with, with having you know such a bad defender like everyone's going on about. He, he's, he's okay. I think Liverpool's issues this season really lie with their team defence and um, their intensity. It's dropped off significantly. That's probably a result of injuries, uh, um, probably fatigue last season uh whether that comes back or not whether they can recover from it who knows um their, their confidence seems pretty shot at the moment but um yeah i think some of the some of the criticism can be pretty unfairly uh thrown at alexander arnold and i like you al i think he should be on the plane to playing to guitar i think England are better off with him than without especially in a back five like we've spoken about before less reliance on defense and 
Um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll have to see, but um, we should probably move on and oh, go on. Yep. Just one last thing on them. And, you know, it's in defense of Trent. I think he's actually been crucified a lot for errors that I think Virgil van Dijk is also the cause of as well, <laughs> to be completely honest. As a, no, and this is, there's a goal on the weekend that it looked like it was from Trent. Like Trent got beaten, but van Dijk didn't pick up his man on the inside either. And mm. that's the man that scored. So I don't think it's purely, I think Liverpool as a, as a whole collective aren't having the best year. And unfortunately the reality is, is a lot of the goals have been down Trent's side. And, you know, it's, it's very easy to use him as a scapegoat because well, Virgil van Dijk is the best centre-back, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. So no one's going to smash him. Trent's the easy one to smash because he goes forward and he looks like he's out of position a lot. And that's the reality. Yeah. Well, I mean, of all players to get dropped, it was actually Fabinho um, in the in the Champions League game midweek. Mm-hmm. Um, and against Brighton, you could see Klopp um, hurling, a, oh, I, don't, I don't know if it was abuse, but he was definitely hurling a few loud words towards Fabinho. Um I think after that last goal was scored or just before the last goal was scored. So, um, yeah, I mean, he got dropped against Rangers. Uh, Liverpool changed their formation, just went with the two midfielders um, instead of three. And it looked okay. So, um, again, yes, I I think Van Dijk's definitely been far from his best, but so has a lot of other players. Um, But we're going to see this week, Arsenal will be a massive test for Liverpool as well. So, um, yeah. I guess we'll wait and see. But another team that's been struggling but still getting results is Chelsea. Um, and so they were saved for by they were saved a few blushes this week by the former Crystal Palace man uh, Gallagher with a late goal against his former side. That makes it now for Chelsea uh, two wins in a row from two very late goals. And I think our conversation about them would be very different if it wasn't for those late goals. But Anyway, Potter gets his first win as manager at Chelsea. Um, uh, well, did we see any? We talk about inconsistencies. Well, we talk about inconsistencies. What about the Thiago Silva situation? That, yes, that could not have got any worse. That was handball. Clearly, mm-hmm. La, was he last man or definitely in that sort of vicinity of stopping a goal scoring chance? Yeah, that was almost the hat trick of uh, errors to not get a card. I well, not errors. Sorry, uh, fouls or you know it's. I don't know how that wasn't. So, you know, he goes off, you know, arguably like he should have. We're talking about a very different game as well. But look, yeah. I think this is going to be a very different side. Obviously, a Yang coming in can change how they're going to play as well. Yeah. Um, and now they're being linked with even another striker uh, come the January transfer window in good old um, Cristiano Ronaldo. So good luck to Graham Potter yeah. and, and whatever he ends up coming out with here. But it's going to be interesting just to see how what he can do because yeah. I think he's just going to sort of get in there at the moment, work with the team he's got now, and start to build maybe what he wants uh, over the coming weeks. And that's that's the that's when we really start start to see you know the the Potter Chelsea so to speak. But yeah. in the end, Crystal Palace they're not a bad side. Yeah, uh, they're not the Crystal Palace of a few years ago where you know everyone would just look for where Zaha. Okay, if we can stop him, he's got to come out with something absolutely brilliant for them to be a chance. They're actually they're moving the ball quite well, and you know Patrick Vieira's got a really good you know a really good team there, and they're starting to build into it. So, you know, I think that you know yes, it's lucky for Chelsea, and this is definitely not the Chelsea that I was expecting this season. And I know you guys were pretty uh, you know reasonable in saying that they wouldn't be a top six contender, but 
the reality is, is good teams can win these sort of games and, and find points out of losing situations or situations they shouldn't take points. And that's all they're doing. They're staying competitive. They're staying in matches and giving themselves every chance late. It's it's not pretty, but it's three points is three points. Yep, yep, absolutely. And Palace, I mean, I mean, they're probably. I don't think their ladder position really reflects on how they've been this season. They're, they're sitting just above the relegation zone. They've won one game from seven. Um, they probably deserve a few more, to be honest. I think they've been very good in a lot of their games, and they've just been a bit unlucky. And you mentioned that that um, that challenge from Thiago or that <laughs> handball. Uh, if you will, that was a disgrace. That that has to be a red card, whether he's the last man or not. And if it's a if it's um you know a fingernail decision on um on whether he was the last man or you know if there was someone behind him, you still have to give that a red card. It's intentional. It was a clear goal scoring opportunity. Al, I don't know what your thoughts are are on this, but Silver should have been sent off, in my opinion. Yeah, it goes back to, I think Vieira was pretty pretty annoyed with that decision as well, but it all goes back to that inconsistency. You know, regard, if it's a foul, if it's, you know, deliberate handball, I mean, that, that, the Emerson Royale, ref, uh, you know, I don't want to go too much into it, but the ref, that, that foul was nowhere near the box. It wasn't a goal-saving tackle or anything like that. This was, this was deliberate cheating. <laughs> It was, yeah. Who's experienced and he knows what he's doing, and and yeah, it should have should have definitely been you know, deliberate, you know, red card. There we go. And I, I just don't understand why it wasn't overturned. Yeah, clear and obvious mistake there. Yeah. Um. Do Do we see any improvements under Potter? I know it's only been a couple of games that we've been exposed to now, including their Champions League match, but um. I know we've spoken about Potter a lot this season and he, he's moved to Chelsea and whether it would be good or not. But, you know, we've seen a couple of games now. Uh, they were quite good against AC Milan, it has to be said. But do, are we still all under the impression that he's going to be a success at Chelsea? You don't there's look no very confident, Mitch. <laughs> no, well, there's no reason he shouldn't be. It's It's just how he goes from handling... You know, from man, uh, from managing players to managing egos. Yeah, because that's that that's what's at Chelsea. Uh, that's what's at Chelsea. And if the rumors are true about Ronaldo apparently going there in January, <laughs> that's a very very. It's a lot of egos in that room between Aubameyang, uh, Ronaldo, Silva. I can imagine just has something else there. <laughs> just those three for starters. They're they're big egos, and and they're players that you know have done what they've done for such a long time. Can you change them? Yeah, and they're going to be looking at Graham Potter, going, "Yeah, cool, you did it with Brighton, but I was at Manchester United, I was at Barcelona, I was at Real Madrid. I've won everything I can. It's it's a different ball game with those sort of guys, and that's going to be the biggest uh, thing that I'm going to look forward to see how they react to him, and you know, even how they engage him on the sideline when he subs them, because he will, because he wants to win games. Yeah, you know how he engages with them when they, you know, he's giving the messages on the field, and those little things, I think will tell us a lot about how this Chelsea team are going to grow and, and develop under Potter uh, because we've seen Chelsea players in the past ignore their managers on the sideline and go against what they say. Mm. And that spells the end for them nine times out of ten, not the player, the manager. So, you know, how how much are this board really behind Potter and what he wants to do because, you know, I think Potter's in this situation where if a player's not engaging in ways that he needs him to, he's almost got to get rid of him straight away in that next transfer window. Uh, so enable him that he doesn't lose this, you know, lose the change room, so to speak. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's a great point as well. Sorry, Nick. I was going to say, look, I think, and I'm just, before I go into it, uh, Tuchel getting sacked, um, I think I called it. You did. You did. Uh, we actually brought that up in the podcast the other week uh, while you were away that you called it. Um, a very good prediction <laughs> by you, Al. Um, and it wasn't because he's a bad, obviously a bad manager, Champions League winner, but it's because of the, the, the new um, hierarchy. But going back to Potter, they obviously had him, they wanted him to uh, take over pretty much straight away, got the job straight away. Um, I read something interesting about it, and Mitch, I think you're right with the the egos and stuff like that. But maybe I mean he's he he makes players, right? That's what he does. He he makes av- bang average players into fantastic, intelligent players as well. So maybe he doesn't doesn't need these these um, superstars that have uh, been and played the game for for a long time now. Um, but I read something the other the, the the other day that he's actually got a master's degree. In emotional intelligence, right? <laughs> um, which is very interesting. So, you know, how about that for expertise in man management? Um, and it's potentially something all coaches should should have as well. And some some don't have that manage, man management skills. I think yeah. we've spoken about it before. Players do need that hand over the shoulder. Some more more, more than others. Um, you know, it's it's quite a different world now. Um, so maybe they, you know, something, something similar would be, would be interesting to have for other coaches. Yeah. I think he'll do all right. Yeah. I'm with you. And I I agree. I think some sort of, uh, background in man management, um, teaching degree or something like that. I think that always, uh, benefits a coach. And I feel like a lot of the successful managers out there are good man managers as well. Um, and like you, you, we we say, we always talk about Jose Mourinho being a dinosaur in the in the managing um, you know sphere. So, um, and he's obviously not that man manager type. So yeah, it's an interesting discussion, probably one for another day. But speaking of managers, uh, Frank Lampard, he seems to have turned a corner with his Everton team. They, they've been playing some pretty good football, and they're starting to get results. It's unlikely that we're going to see them in a relegation battle this year, which is uh, good for their supporters. But um, what do you boys think? Do you think they've they've turned a corner? Turned a corner and just finding a bit of extra luck. But often they're the same thing. You 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 know, to win games you need a bit of luck, and you've got to create your own luck in the world of football. In terms of you've still got to be in the right position and create the right opportunities for it to fall your way. Mm. Um, Look, I, I had him, I had him and both, uh, sorry, him and Stevie G as, as my two to you know possibly go this season, and with the way that you know Everton are starting to turn a bit and, and get sort of results coming in and you know building into games, it's positive. But they they should be this powerhouse, uh, well not powerhouse, sorry, but they should be this consistent mid-table team uh, that we've grown to expect over the last few years, and then last year sort of came out of nowhere. Um, and you could just tell in that, that final window where they went and bought just pretty much everyone they can get their hands on to make something work. Mm. Well, clearly they've actually spent the off-season working on what they've actually got and not trying to make haste decisions at the last minute. Well, that ends. Uh, I mean, they did bring in a few decent players. Connor Cody came in. He scored his first goal on the weekend against Southampton. 
Uh, Dwight McNeil scored his first goal uh, for the club against Southampton as well. Um, on- Onana has been very good for them since coming in. Tarkowski, another uh, another central defender. Um, and I mean, actually, they're two new central defenders, Tarkowski and Cody. I think they've I think they've been pretty solid for Everton this season, and probably should be in the England discussion, especially around the um, uh, the uh, discussion around you know Harry Maguire and his form. If we're thinking about um, playing the informed players, I think Cody and Tarkowski should be right up there. Al, what do you reckon? Oh, sorry, Al, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've we've got a shitload of defenders. We've got a shitload of centre halves. I think Maguire <laughs> playing dies on the plane. Uh, Cody, yeah, Cody could be up there. But you've got Stones, you've got, you know, you've got Wright Phillips. You've got, well, he's, he's, he's not, not Wright Phillips, I'm not saying. Um, Phillips. Joe Gomez. <laughs> right, yeah, Phillips. Uh, Gomez, you've got all of those as well. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've, we've got quite a few defenders. Are they that good? Maybe not. <laughs> but yeah, they've going back to Everton, They he's brought in those, they've been, they're experienced as well, right? Experienced and halves. Mm. They know what they're doing. Short it up a little bit in defence. They'll they'll keep them up. We'll keep them steady. Um, they kept on to Anthony Gordon as well, who looks like a promising player. Obviously, Chelsea wanted to buy him. Tottenham wanted to buy him. All, yeah. all the top six teams, the big teams. Uh, but he's been banging a few goals as well. Mm. He's Started on the bench, though, in their win over Southampton, which was interesting to see. Still managed to get the win, though. So, yeah. again, again, positive signs. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. they, they think they'll do all right. Even though yeah. I yeah. think I put them down as them going down this season, maybe I have to change change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of doing all right, uh, or more than all right, Manchester City—they've been the talk this season, or Erling Haaland's been the talks this season. This was the big game, the Manchester derby. Uh, City led 4-0 at halftime. United supporters had seen enough. I think Mitch had already put on his Manchester City shirt by that time. Haaland ended up with a hat-trick. Phil Foden ended up with a hat-trick. But some of the records and some of the stats that that are coming out of this game and out of uh, uh, as a result of Erling Haaland's um, goal record, some of them are just... Unbelievable uh, stuff we've never seen before. Like, obviously, three hat tricks in eight games. He's the fastest player to ever score um, his first three hat tricks at Premier League level. I think Michael Owen was was the previous leader to do it in forty eight games, and Haaland's done it in eight. He's the first to uh, score a hat trick in three consecutive home games. Um, he's also nine goals away from last year's Golden Boot winner, Son and Salah. And there's still 30 games to go. So, I mean, yeah, the, the stats speak for themselves. I could keep going. There's so many that has come out since this game. But, I mean, what's what's the ceiling now for Haaland? I mean, we're, we're probably going to be talking about this every single week for the rest of the season. But how, how many goals can he actually end up with? How good can he actually be? There's been talk about him overtaking um, Alan Shearer. Is, is that a realistic... Um, a realistic goal for the Norwegian. Do you mean Alan Shearer's record in a Premier League season? Yes, uh, I think. We'll... No, the Premier, the leading goal scorer in a Premier League season is Mo Salah. 
and it is yeah he he did it in he scored 32 goals a couple of seasons ago so the previous record was 31 um i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm 34 but I'll go, um, maybe i've got that wrong um but will he get his record all time was it 260 goals premier league goals? yes something along those lines yeah well and how many has he already got now 11 or 12 just to just to rain on Nick's Liverpool parade, um, Nick, I just want to rain on your parade for a second for Liverpool and Mo Salah. Yeah, Al Al was around when this all unfolded. We weren't, so he's actually on the money. Alan Shearer and Andy Cole at thirty four goals each. If we're going to talk no. Premier League, which is obviously the new Premier League, we're, thank we're, you very much. We're talking from day. We want to go day dot. Thirty eight game seasons. It's Alan Shearer and Andy Cole. We can just move off the Liverpool high horse for one second. Well, it's, we're talking about Premier League, League records, but okay. Premier League record. That's, that's pre- 93, 94. What was that? That's a Prem? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty confident. Alan, alive. It's Alan was alive. That's all I'm saying is Alan was Alan alive. Was alive. <laughs> we should trust Alan. I am, I am 99% confident Mo Salah holds the record in a Premier League season. I think Shearer holds a record either previously before the Premier League era began, or maybe when there was more games played in the Premier League, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they played, sorry, yes, they played 40. They played an extra two games. There you go. Yeah. But, you know, either way, it's probably going to be irrelevant by the end of this uh, Premier League season or in the next, you know, nine weeks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's obviously... <laughs> yeah, he's that's, 14 that's, that's goals in eight games he scored. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Unbelievable. He, yeah. I mean, by this rate, he should score well more than, I mean, 40 goals in the Premier League. And then, yeah, across all competitions, who knows? Um, it's, yeah, it's crazy, crazy numbers. Do, is it, I mean, are we wrong to suggest that he should be keeping up this form for the weeks to come? Or <laughs> can we see him slowing down anytime soon? To keep this up is ridiculous, um, but could you put it past him? No, because if you look at the way he's scoring these goals, it's what we spoke about, or you know what we spoke about all last year, saying that if City had a nine, those games that they drew, they'd win, because it's being in the right area. It's it's that poacher and it's the movement that Holland has, which is a pure nines movement. That's the reason he's scoring these goals. Yeah, you could put, you know, the the top class world number nine, the you know the best of the best nines in the world. Yeah, would probably have not the same number because that's it's, this is ridiculous, but a very similar number to what he's got this year. You yeah. know, how we spoke about in the office yesterday, if Kane had been at City, he might not have scored the same amount at this stage, but he would have had, you know, he could have been averaging one a game. And that's still not bad. The reality is, is Halant's movement is a pure number nine's movement. So he's always in the right spot, no matter what. And he's going to put them away because he's just so clinical. Well, Hurricane scored seven mm. goals already this season, right, in the Premier League. Um, which is a good record in itself <laughs> it is it yeah is, absolutely so but yeah we're talking about Haaland he's he's just on another level um, I thought I actually thought going back to the game United defending was pretty you talk about Virgil van Dijk for Varane for that second goal I think it was when he although he did he was ball watching and he lost him although he as, as I think as you rightly said Mitch he expected the ball to go out. That ball from De Bruyne that came whipped in, was going out, and for somehow he sat on his ass and whipped his leg round and 
got in. I mean, that's Ibrahim, Ibrahimovic sort of style, style goals that you see, you know, you're seeing from Holland. The, there, there was a clip going around on social media. Yeah. Sorry to cut in. There was a, just on that, on that goal that you were talking about. There was a clip going around on social media of the same cross from Kevin De Bruyne being played to Gabriel Jesus last season, and Jesus missed it. And obviously, it was a complete replica that that pass. And this season, Haaland puts it in. So, f- to those people that say, "Why did City need to get rid of Jesus to bring in Haaland?" Well, that's the reason. He's just an athletic beast, and he can get his foot to almost anything. I don't think there is any stopping him, to be quite honest. So, in all, in it's, all it's, fairness, it's... I don't think many people would score a goal like that apart from Haaland. I mean, Jesus, Jesus yeah. who's like. He's half the size of him as well. He's not going to stretch his leg out. He's his hammy. Um, but, yeah. Phenomenal beast. Yeah. Really. So good to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Hold on. I just need to let the dog out. Let the dog. It's effectively hilarious, isn't it? You let him out. You let him out. <laughs> if they can get him back in that cage, I think the rest of the Premier League would pay good money to put him back into another league. Actually, might tell you what the rest of the other Premier League teams might chip in for Real Madrid's bid to buy him. You know, they might just say, "Look, here's a mil from each Premier League team. You can up your up your claws by another eighteen mil." There you go. <laughs> oh, the the unfortunate thing about Haaland is not going to be the World Cup, which is mm. a bit of a shame. Um, well, before... unfortunate for who? For the rest of the Premier League or for people watching the World Cup? Because take your pick. Well, yeah, he could have been in England setup as well because he was born in England. But never mind. He doesn't sound English. Definitely doesn't look English. So, um, could could he classify as an English player though, if he wanted to? Would that ever? Be, I mean, he's already caps for Norway anyway, so probably not. But was that ever an option? Well, it could have been an option if he's born there, but I, I don't think that's he's always going that way. Same as Kasper Schmeichel, I think. Yeah. Um, that. They, yeah. they capped him in every age group too. He was like, he's played for Norway from under fourteens or something ridiculous. Like, yeah. and his and his goal records for those age groups are just as ridiculous as you think they would be. Yeah. Um, I'll add that as well. It's incredible. It's just like you look at and you go, yeah, you're not human. Like, it's, there's no other explanation for what he's doing, and it's the <laughs> consistency. It's just, yeah. it's almost like, uh, yeah, there's, there's no, there's not much you can compare it to at this current, you know, current time, even across. You know, think of other sporting codes. I, I I struggle to think of any player. Like I heard someone the other day saying it's, you know, it's like the John Olomu, like the um, New Zealand All Black back in the 90s, I think it was, who pretty much every time he touched the ball, he scored because he was just bigger and stronger and so much better than everyone else. Mm. That's what Alain is right now. Yeah. It's just, it's how long can keep it up. Yeah. And well, although I'm at Liverpool... Yeah, Sorry, yeah. No, he's got he's got Southampton this week at home. Um, Triple captain him. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was going to get into FPL in a second, but ha- Hassan Hoodle is on the verge of getting sacked for Southampton, so he could easily you know end up with another hat trick in this game. He obviously scored the two in the Champions League midweek in one half. Could have easily had a hat trick. Pretty sure uh, City got a penalty in the second half, which, again, he could have had if he stayed on. Against Southampton, a vulnerable Southampton, he could uh, yeah, continue to break those records this week. Um, yeah, 
it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Um, and like you mentioned, Mitch FPL, I was stupid enough not to captain Harlan last week. I, I went for James Madison instead, and thankfully for Madison, he ripped Nottingham Forest to shreds. Um, it was obviously Leicester's first win of the season. Um, and he's been the man. You, you spoke about him earlier, Al, in that game against Tottenham. He, he's really in a purple patch at the moment, putting his hand up for England um, and for, for Guitar 2022. Scored the two goals, had the assist in a 4-0 win over Forest. This obviously sends Nottingham Forest to the bottom of the table. Steve Cooper's in a lot of trouble. Are they destined for the drop now, you reckon? I thought they were, anyway, they were my favourites to go down. Um, you see teams that come up, they they have that adrenaline. They they go on a, you know, yeah. uh, a win, a, a, run, a winning run for a few games and they, they try and stay up that way. But, you know, they're, they're at the bottom straight away. I mean, they've got 20, 30, 40, 50 new players. Yeah. Um, but they have to settle in and it's going to take time for them to settle in. It is. It was always a bold move to bring in that many players. Mitch, I think we spoke about it a bit last week, but um, what's your view on Forest now? Obviously, I think you had them staying up. Do you still see that happening? Oh, yeah, I had them I had them staying up and I had them as my best promoted team. And, you know, I had them also beating Leicester last week. So that's a hat-trick of mistakes on my behalf. <laughs> um, for everyone you get wrong, you get a lot wrong. Uh, sorry, for everyone you get right, you get a lot wrong. Um, but no, look, I... It's proving quite difficult now for them to do it and to flip it around. Um, I thought, honestly, thought that international break, you know, might have been that extra two week period where they could just train together, mm. you know, could really help them click. And it just, it just hasn't happened. Mm. And the reality is, is I always thought that any point they can get between, you know, in these first eight weeks of the season or nine weeks or whatever game weeks we've got before the, the obviously the World Cup yeah. was going to be like gold to them. Because I thought once the World Cup's over and everyone's back to the Prem, They'd be they'd be clicking and they'd be a, a quite a tough side. They've got a mountain to climb and get out. Mm. And at the moment, they've got to flip so much around. I'm not going to close the door on them yet, just purely because it's they will almost be returning from the World Cup break with a whole new team. Just in terms of they should actually know each other's names by now. Maybe know who's in the locker next to them. Yeah. Um. And maybe even know who their manager is. You know, in case they're not quite sure yet, and that might change between now and then too. But. I just I don't want to close the door just purely because they've got, as Al said, forty new players. Yeah, there's a best eleven in there somewhere. It's just what combination. <laughs> it's and I, I just I can't not I can't close the door just yet because there's too many possibilities in terms of if they can get it right. Yeah, there's good competition for spots. There's they've got some nice players and it's not like they've gone and bought rubbish. Yeah, so I just I I don't want to close the door fully on them yet. But I definitely think they won't be the highest finishing promoted side. Yeah, yeah, I think that that um, ship has sailed uh, officially. Like just just the way, obviously, Fulham's going at the moment. Fulham are eighth at the moment, which is really good on their behalf. Um, but with with Forest, the, the the next few games are going to be crucial. They've got Villa, Wolves, and Brighton. Not easy by any means. Um, but they need results out of that because the next two games after that are Liverpool and Arsenal. So um, some massive games coming up. Uh, again, I probably can't see them, um, you know, pulling out, pulling themselves out of that bottom three, especially with Leicester. I think Leicester are on the up. I think they'll improve. 
Um, Crystal Palace will improve. So it's going to be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but um, the situation is looking pretty dire for them at the moment. Um, going back on FPL, boys, it is, um, <laughs> it's at a crucial point in the season now where we're a few weeks away from the World Cup. Uh, we're heading into the 10th week, week of the season. How are we all faring? Um, I know it's probably not... Uh, it hasn't been the kindest debut season to you, Al. Oh, well, no, you say that, mate. I'm, uh, I've jumped up <laughs> about seven or eight places now. Have you? Uh, because I do have Harlan, Harlan as my captain. Yeah, that's all good. And Jesus, who they all both keep on scoring. All three of them keep on scoring each week. Yeah. And Sonny scored a hat-trick as well. So yep. I'm actually jumped up a bit. I've, I'm, I'm over uh, Manish, who, was, um, who took over a couple of weeks ago. Yes, yes, Manish was on the podcast. Absolutely, yep. So you've got some bragging rights over him. At the moment, I think I'm a point above. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing okay. I'm a little bit happier. I'm, I'm only a few points behind um, yep. my Mitchy boy as well. Have you got any transfer yeah, in- plans this week, Al? I made a mistake. I actually, I forgot that you, I took two players out, right? And I forgot you, you get penalized for doing that. I think it's only four points, isn't it? Four points. It's a, it's not really a mistake. It's a, it's a sacrifice, but it's not a mistake. Sometimes you need to do it. It's a sacrifice. Well, this is pretty bad, but it goes back to Mitch's point on, you know, you, you put a team, you put the players that are on form. I've got Trossard and I've got um, Cassiado, Cassiado as well from um, Brighton. Brighton. Yep. He played Tottenham this week and I've taken Perisic out of the team. Yeah, so uh, I don't really have much confidence there. By the way, I'll be happy. What happens? Yep, yep, that's it. That's the way. Uh, uh, Mitch, what about you? Well, I tried to outthink the room uh, last week, and I'm like, you know what? I'll get rid of Sun and I'll bring in Sterling because out of all the you know top teams, Chelsea had the easiest game. Yeah, I'll captain him. Well, that was just ridiculous. He got me four points and I, I regret every decision I made after that moment. So now I've gone straight back to old reliable Holland uh, as my captain and I don't think I'm going to change it for the rest of the year. And now I'm just sitting here going, you know what? I've just got to put in De Bruyne because if Holland scores, you can almost guarantee it's De Bruyne on the end of it. Yeah. Uh, and if it's not De Bruyne, it's probably Cancelo assisting it. So I've got those three in my core. I've always had Cancelo, always had Cancelo, big fan. Um, always had Holland because you can't not. Uh, but yeah, KDB, he's the man. Yeah. I'm, points, though, isn't he? Yeah. He's the high Mate, scoring. The, if, you have, if you have those, it's a very high scoring. Well, I had Salah, but you know. No, I've done the same thing as you. Out Salah in De Bruyne. I did it a few weeks ago, but you might have to take him out, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Um We've got a little clip here from the FPL Rev from uh, our FPL partners, the FPL Addicts podcast. Um, you can check out their podcast on the EPL Live app or the FPL Addicts social channels. But let's have a listen to what he has to say. What's going on, guys? This is FPL Rev from the FPL Addicts podcast. I do hope that you're all doing well. I'd like to start this week's hot tip of the week by apologising. To absolutely nobody, because if I do say so myself, my hot tips have been particularly spicy. Two weeks ago, I said, bring in Phil Foden. What do you get? Two games, four goals. Last week, I told you, avoid 
Dominic Solanke. And what happens? He gets absolutely nothing. So do pay attention. And this week, the hot tip is possibly more important than ever. Because it's not about players who are going to score points. It's about players who are definitely not going to score points. If you haven't noticed already, in game week 12, both Arsenal and Man City blank. Yes, Arsenal and Man City players will not be playing. So if you're like me and you have more than three Arsenal and Man City players, you need to start thinking about taking those players out so that you are able to field a full starting 11 in game week 12. Thank you very much. Me have it. So yes, Manchester City have a blank in game week 12 in two weeks and Arsenal. So you need to get rid of... Unless you unless you want to put them on your bench, uh, it's probably a good thing to start getting rid of your Manchester City assets, uh, Mitch. So you've brought in De Bruyne. You might have to take him out. I planned ahead. I planned ahead. I've got a I've got a three on the bench that are more than capable yeah. um, of scoring me points. And let's be honest, no one's replicating the points Alan's putting out there anyway at the moment. <laughs> so what am I, I mean, there's no value in that for me. No, I definitely don't get rid of Harland. I wouldn't be getting rid of him. Um, he's made too much money. Have you had him since the start of the season? Since game week two. Yeah. I didn't. And, and my whole reasoning behind it was because I'd convinced myself that he would take time to gel. And I had Salah in there from the game week one because I thought that they'd just start stronger. Yeah. And I couldn't have been more wrong. Could not have been more wrong. I mean, I think a lot of people would have made those same moves. But yeah, I certainly wouldn't be getting rid of Haaland um, unless he's injured for the rest of the season. So, um, do, you know, do you know what happened though? Sorry, yeah. you saying all this, that we've been singing his praises, he's going to score all these goals, he's got Southampton up next. You might not get one goal. You might not get one touch. Oh, if anything, after we've said all this, we should all put $10 on Southampton to beat um, yeah. City and Southampton are probably at a hundred bucks, so we'll walk out of here with a couple of grand. Millionaires, <laughs> you know what? We can retire. I'd rather not. I'll keep my money. I'd rather keep my money than put it on Southampton to win at Manchester City. I'd love it absolutely as a Liverpool supporter, but I simply cannot see that happening. And Tarlin, I'll be surprised if he doesn't score. But it, it is funny that you mentioned that, Al, because his only goal hasn't come. Um, against Bournemouth, and we probably all expected him to score in that one. Um, but yes, uh, we'll, we'll certainly wait and see. But speaking of plays in form, the players of the week, I think the Harlan chat is going to continue here. Um, yeah, let's let's go through our three twos and ones. Who wants to kick it off? I can already predict mostly everyone's uh, three votes this week, but we'll go through it anyway. Mitch, do I'll start just yeah. because I'm a closet. I'm a closet city fan, so I'll shock nobody. And it's Halant with the three. Yep. The two. I don't think there's any other option. I'd be shocked if we've all not got the, at least the first two. And it's Trossard. And then the final one. And and I've had a look at what both of you have done here. And there's one of them that will get me in a lot of trouble uh, because Al will just never let me hear the end of it. And then Nick's option's not bad either. But I, you've all missed one that's that's key. And his performance, look, he might not have been pulling all the strings, but he definitely treated us with one of the goals of the week, and it's it's Almiron. Yep. No, absolutely. Why would you get in trouble like from me? You know why I'll get in trouble, and I'll save it to you to your votes. <laughs> is, he, is he an Eddie Howe supporter? Is it because you're an Eddie Howe supporter? No, it's, 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 something, it's something to do with supporting a team that might not be mine. <laughs> 
All right. Al. All right, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I'll get you now. I'll get you now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, I'm going to go through the three hat-trick heroes. Um, but the top Haaland, because he got two assists as well. So, yeah. You know, he, he, they're talking about sharing the match ball with, with Foden, who's my number, who's got one point. Yeah. They they were going to share the match ball, but I think um, Haaland got a couple of assists with it, so he deserves it. Yeah. And maybe they get them each, as I said. Uh, and then Trossard, number two. Mm-hmm. First, well, the first hat trick in how many games at um, Anfield for the away, the away team? Uh, to get a hat trick, yeah, like, it would have been a long time ago. I, I I don't know. I can't tell you the game or the player. Yeah, that would be a good trivia question, though. Um, I think Arshavan, Arshavan got, got. Oh yes, he did score four. Yeah, he scored four. He scored four. Yeah, two thousand eight or nine, I think that was. That was. That was um, actually a league game. Was yeah. It? Okay. But yeah, I'm not sure if that would have been the last one. I think it was, though. <laughs> I think it, oh, Berbatov scored in 2010. Did he? A hat trick, that is, to clarify. Yes. The no, other one that, that I was, is very. That wasn't at Anfield, though, was it? That was at Old Trafford. You know, I don't read the whole way. <laughs> yes, it was at Old Trafford. I thought there but there, there's an important one that we're not mentioning here. Viduka. Mark Viduka. Was and that, that was that was at um, that was at uh, Leeds home ground. That so was not Alan Ryan, Anfield, yeah. But hey, that's impressive. Was that four goals? Again, it was 4-3, so I'll say yes. I, again, I didn't read the whole article. I think I'm it just, was. That's not, that's not what I do. <laughs> No. no, he did. He scored all four. Yeah. So yeah. what? What I just, what I've actually now just realised is Australia must be better than the whole of Liverpool at football. <laughs> it must that's be. Young man. That's. Harry Kiel was playing for Leeds at the time as well, wasn't he? It pretty much was the Socceroos team. Yes, that's yeah. And uh, if those two are in it, that's essentially uh, Adam Bresciano somewhere in the mix. The, and, the golden uh, era back then. The golden era. Yeah. Um, my three votes, much like you two. Oh, sorry, Hal. Are you saying something? Go ahead. My three votes, much like you two. Harlan, three votes. Trossard, two. And one, I've gone James Madison. Although he didn't score a hat-trick, um, the two goals and the assist, I think, were vital for Leicester. Much needed and helped them get their first win of the season. So... I think he, he deserves a mention. Is he on the plane? Oh. Is he on the plane to, to Qatar as well? Should be. Absolutely, he has to be. If in this form, how can yeah, you not be? Playing. You have to be playing, picking he, he plays did. in form. Apparently, he did come out and say uh, he's not a. He's not a defender, and b. He's, he's on form, so he's definitely not going to get. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's it. That, that's the way it usually goes for England, but. Um, I mean, how, how can you not pick him? Who, who, who in his position? is better at the moment. Maybe Foden, but he's probably more of a wide player rather than playing that central role. I mean, you put Madison behind Kane. I think that'll be perfect for, for England. Um, or even coming off the Bellingham. bench. Bellingham played as well. Yes. Would you play Bellingham in that 10 spot though? Mm, don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I just hard. think... It's hard. Like, if we're picking between, if it's between Madison and Grealish, um, I'm picking Madison all day. 
Karidish has hit a bit of form as well. It's quite good. He has, but still, talent. He was good in the Champions League during the week, but I'm still picking Madison mm. over him. And mind, I, yeah, I think real. I think Madison's probably due a move away from Leicester soon. Obviously, they've got those financial troubles. I think um, uh, they'll be looking to sell to cash in in maybe January or the end of the season. So that's a bit of a watch this space moment. But yeah, anyway, looking ahead, match week ten previews, boys. Another big week coming up. Um, We've spoken a lot about that Arsenal-Liverpool game this week. That's my one to watch. Um, For some reason, I'm feeling a bit confident in this game. I shouldn't be, but I am. Maybe because it's our run against Arsenal over the last few years. We've had the wood over them. Uh, We're unbeaten in our last five games against them. Um, Could have been a bit more if you take away a, a... COVID game that shouldn't count uh, without crowds. But um, yeah, for some reason, I just think um, Liverpool might get the three points here. It's obviously much needed. Jota loves playing against um, Arsenal. So does Firmino and he's in form. So yeah, I think the Reds three, yeah, the Reds for the three points this week. What else are we looking forward to, lads? Mitch? Well, I just pick weird games because I look at this and I go, there's a few that are interesting. <laughs> and we all love a good storyline. And Diego Costa, who will probably get on the pitch again for about that 30-minute mark, if it's tight, could he do what Chelsea have done in recent weeks and score a late winner and uh, break everyone's hearts? Uh, so that could be a little interesting one. But yeah. If, if there's ever a time for him to score this season, I don't think he'll score much for Wolves, um, if I'm quite honest. But it, it'll come against Nottingham Forest probably. Um, they're the worst defensive team in the league. So, um, yeah, could easily happen that one. So, and wouldn't that be nice? A, a goal in his first home game for Wolves. I don't mind it, Mitch. I don't mind it. Al? After after, after he's had his, uh, sank his can of Red Bull that he had on the bench just uh, the last game. Did that actually happen? Um, yeah, yeah, he was, he, was, he was sipping on a Red Bull. <laughs> It. Gives you wings, um, doesn't it? Before he came on. <laughs> he gives you wings. Not him, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, he could get get a goal this week, potentially, against Serge Aurier. Yes. A penalty. Yeah. Um, but my yeah my game, definitely the Arsenal-Liverpool. West Ham-Fulham as well. Bit of a London derby. Be quite interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. A- a- another one. one. Yeah. Another one worth mentioning is Everton versus United. Your boys, Mitch, um, at Goodison Park. Can United respond? The pressure will be on Ten Hag again if uh, you don't get the win in that one. So, are you confident? Uh, Confident never with this team because you just don't know what's going to rock up um, and play. But, look, I think they should return. I think a lot of it actually, you know, Varane being fit matters a lot to this team at the moment. And the reality is, if you know, when you've got Lindelof and um, uh, Lindelof and Martinez together, that's quite a small backline. Um, add Varane in there, it averages out quite nicely. So there is there is definitely gaps if you know if Varane isn't fit, and I don't believe he is. So I think they should still look. In the reality is, the reality is United should get the job done, full stop, and they move on. Mm-hmm. 
but it's just not that clean cut at the moment and they're not the consistent side they need to be. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, boys. Hey, last one. Yeah. Sorry, oh, yes, yes. Go on, go on. Third best. I've been mentioned Tottenham. Third best is fourth. Tough game against Brighton away. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Afterwards, if we don't get anything out of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and yeah, Roberto Di Zerbi, Brighton's new boss. Um, first game at home. Obviously did all right against Liverpool. So I, I think even though they've lost Graham Potter, Brighton, they've still got the players. They're, they're still as dangerous as they ever was. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely one to watch. Plenty to look forward to this weekend, boys. As always, pleasure uh, having you on and chatting through all the weekend's action. Um, and still plenty to come uh, over the weekend in the course of the next week. And you can follow all of the domestic action uh, on the EPL Live app. And we'll be back again next week to unpack it all. So until then, boys and listeners, sit back and enjoy the football.